I thank you kindly for firing up the podcast system. That's cast with an E. Podcast system. With me, Lovey. And yes, that is my real name. Every episode, I tackle something new in the world of politics, pop culture, race, and the lack of relations. Be sure to subscribe and enjoy every shady moment. Be hashtag blessed, y'all. Welcome back, everybody. Another week, another episode, another conversation. And shockingly, I have brought along Brother Jake. So here we're going to go. We're going to talk about... You running out of other guests? Are you going to interrupt me as I'm trying to start? This is the intro. We've we've had this discussion before, and I need you to just be quiet for about 10 seconds. Go ahead. You got the, okay. you got the floor. The floor. I pay for the floor. I'll put you on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So real question. Like we've had this conversation before where, you know, we're both adults. Okay. I may be adult and you're, you're an adult in training. Aspirational. How about that? I like that. Aspirational Aspirational is adult. So we've had this conversation before and I kind of want to get into it a little bit more on, on the show because we as a society, I don't think, do a great job of preparing people for adulthood. And I mean that in terms of friends, money, family, home ownership, business, travel, all of that stuff, right? Like all the things that we see on TV and in our lives that are like our aspirational goals or a lot of people's aspirational goals. But we don't know actually how to attain them. No. You, I'm not, I'm not going to use you as an example. No, no you're not. We already you saw my contract. We agreed before. <laughs> okay. I will sue you. I will sue All right, you. fine. So we're not going to. I use mean, maybe you. if I bring something up, you can talk about it, but you can't. No. Mm. All right, fine. You're not going to be the primary example that we set forth. So let's speak hypothetically, right? So let's let's speak in the hypotheticals. Uh, why don't we say we start with something as simple as taxes, right? That's basic. Uh-huh. Something yeah. that you haven't paid in quite some you time. You can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> can't you don't say have to that. edit that out. You trying to get me arrested? I mean, <laughs> look at it's that. Three to five on this one. What are you talking about? It's not like the IRS. For the record, I pay my taxes. Who pays your taxes? I pay my tax. They take it out of your, your thing. Skipping along. Okay, Let's skipping along. So the basic issue is this. Okay. Living in a modern world mm-hmm. requires you to master a whole range of skills, like paying yeah. taxes, acquiring home, um, finding a place to rent, and, mm-hmm. and knowing what's necessary to um, get a lease, you know, right. knowing how to drive a car, how to acquire you, ownership of a car, lease a car. Let me you put yourself out there. Go ahead. Well, I'm a strong believer in public transportation. I care about the environment. So unlike you murderers of our environment, I choose not to drive a car. Yes, it was a political statement on your part Mm -hmm. to not have 
or acquire a license at this stage in your life. Just I like appreciate me that. being single for my whole life is also a political act. You know, I don't want to put that on anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very gracious of me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you're not too vigorously. You're, you're not a little vigorously. <laughs> I we those of us who are usurping the natural resources. Thank you for being that one guy mm. who has chosen to uh, live off the grid, so to speak. It, it starts with one. It starts with one. You are that one. Mm -hmm. So okay. So but even those, grocery those... shopping, even grocery, like knowing how to price shop, you know, is, is something that you know what's funny. I oh, budgeting. I legitimately learned how to price shop from The Price is Right. I know it really? sounds absurd. Yeah, but I used to watch it as a kid. Like it was that if you were homesick, like The Price is Right would be on. And so I remember there was a segment where people would watch, you know, they would have to guess the price of like a loaf of bread or they'd have to guess the price of milk. And so I actually remember knowing what was a reasonable price for certain things in a supermarket based off of that. It wasn't based off of what we had learned in school. Like they don't teach you in school. What does a gallon of milk cost? No, they don't teach you in school. Like what it's going to cost to, you know, actually stock a fridge for one person, for two people, for or how to people. budget, you know, um, for your life generally. Right. In terms of, you know, covering your rent expenses, covering your, your your food expenses, you know, saving up enough money so you can travel or, you know, have savings just for a rainy day. They don't tell you any of that. Or no. um, I have no idea what it costs for car insurance or what it costs for health insurance. Right. Um, I've been in luxury, uh, um, a privileged position of always yes. being in academia. So, you know, these kinds of things tend to get taken care of for me. Um, but for the average person or even look how to look for a job. Yes, something that you have not had to do resume. ever. Have you, you ever know. filled out a resume? Have you uh, ever done? What's the last time you did your resume? I actually know how to fill out a resume. I mean, I'm a so genius. When's the last so. time you have created and updated a resume? Um, I do have a resume. I, I, I've created a resume. I mean, usually what I do is I just, we do CVs in academia. We don't do resumes as much. But, um, you know, occasionally when I apply for a different teaching position, I have to do a CV, you know, produce, you know curriculum vitae or whatever it is, some Latin thing as a resume. Um, but, you know, that it's a little bit different. Um, and, you you know, I just print off somebody else's uh, CV and just copy the basic format. Um, but, you know, the whole job application process, you know, how to manage the job application process is not something you learn in school. You know, so you list off all the things like basically none of this is something that we train people how to do. And none of it's easy. And none of it you get a warning about. So I specifically remember graduating from college and I was very excited at the prospect of finding a job, getting a car and getting a place and having that on my own. And so there's this concept of, I want to be able to do this on my own. I want to feel independent. I want to feel like I am managing my life finally on my own, right? Yeah. So graduated from college, check. I found a job with a little bit of help, yes, but I found a job. Mom and dad bought me, helped me buy a car. The car was from the auto auction, like all of the cars that we had in our lives, but I thought it was an amazing car. You know, the hubcap might have fallen off on the drive from New York to Boston, but that's neither here nor there. It was my car. Uh -huh. Then I got the apartment 
so I found this really great apartment and it was in like a little attic. I think it was like $800 a month, right? It was a studio and by studio, like I could cook, use the bathroom and lay in bed all at the same time. It wasn't so it was, a studio, it was a room. <laughs> it was a room. It was a room. It was a room. Okay. It was a room. I don't know how they, I think, I think the bathroom was in the room. I don't, I don't think I it was like a room. Illiter- I don't even know if you it know, was a door. The cell. <laughs> but it was mine. Kitchen, you know, and you remember the whole family, we all, what was we it? all stayed there. Mom, dad, Christine, Phillip. me, and Philip. And Shanti. Shanti did too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a lot of people in my room. So seven people in your, in that one room. It's like the size of this room right here. Um, <laughs> But the biggest shocker to me was when I found it and I was like, 800, I can afford that. That's great. But then you find out you have to pay the broker. You have to pay first month's rent, last month's rent, security deposit. Mm-hmm. So the eight hundred dollars that I had saved up where I thought like, OK, I'll be able to pay my first I'm ready month, to go. I got my eight hundred jumped into almost four grand. In a flash. Yeah, you you handed over that eight hundred. They threw it back at you. So what's this? <laughs> they were like, "Where's the rest of your money?" I didn't know. Honestly, I had no idea that that's what it that's what was involved in the process of getting an apartment. Yeah, and when I went to get one, you know, even though you had learned this information, you didn't even pass this along to me. So you know, I was also, um, you know, really ignorant of these basic facts. Yeah, I remember I went to this first place and we saw it and we loved it. And it was like a thousand a month per person, four mm-hmm. rooms, total 4,000 a month. And then the lady was like, okay, with first, last security and broker, it'd be $16,000. <laughs> I said, oh, what are you talking about? You you talking about? I'll, I'll buy a car and live in it. Like $16,000. I said, give me that. I'll take the house. I'll take, I will. No, seriously, you could buy a car and live in it comfortably for that and have resale value. I think $16,000 is probably what Bomb paid as a down payment for the house that we lived in in Queens or something like that. Probably Probably that and a a child, but who knows? Anyway, so... but They they came a dime a dozen back then. But seriously, why is it this part of basic teachings, either within the home, or maybe some families are teaching this. I don't know. Our families weren't discussing... Hey, prep yourself over the next four years for that four thousand dollar down payment you'll need just for your room closet apartment. So there's two different things here. One mm-hmm. is the significance of this fact, right? Yeah. Um, which is it's 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 clearly going to be an exacerbator of inequality. Oh, well, um, yes. Because those people who don't um, pick up these skills from, let's say, their parents or uh, are able to hire like a career coach. Mm-hmm. or executive recruiter or financial advisor, any of those kinds of things are going to, or a lawyer, um, right. are going to be in the position of just not being able to navigate um, a, lot. A, a lot of the world and, and take full advantage of the opportunities that they might have the, the basic skills to take advantage of. They just don't have that knowledge to fill in the gap between right. what's, what, 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 what the world requires for them to be successful and what they currently possess as far as basic skills, right? So there's a lot of people who come out of college, they actually have the technical skills 
to be very effective at making money, let's say, or succeed in a particular career, but they don't have the know-how of, na- of how to navigate the world so they can take advantage of those opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people who do, and they tend to have a lot more money and, and um, or come from families with a lot more professional experience. Um, right. so that's, that's the significance is the inequality part. And the question of why, you know, to think speculatively on the matter, I got to think that the people who occupy the highest positions in mm-hmm. our society tend to be the people who do possess that kind of knowledge and take it for granted. And well, so when they're designing institutions, they don't, think, they don't think, oh, we should be sure that we provide people with this kind of um, know-how in order to navigate society. Because that's something that they probably possess immediately and never think about. Right. But it's also not necessarily possessing it for yourself, but knowing how to outsource it. Yeah. You know, so if you're a person of means, chances are you don't have to do your own taxes. No. You know, you outsource that because you already have too much money within your 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 uh, portfolio that you're not you're not doing that yourself. You're you're paying somebody else to do that for you. Someone like me, I remember doing my taxes for the first time was a nerve wracking experience. This is before online H&R block type stuff. You know, you're picking up the paperwork and I'm like, OK, I had a summer job in this state, but I worked in this state. This is they've taken all my money. Do I get anything back? I don't know. Is this a zero? Am I one? You know, so it took me. A and you also don't know years. if something's going to happen to you if you. If you make a mistake, dude, I got right? audited. Oh, wow. I got I got audited in college. Audit. In college, why would they audit it? Be, I always had a job. I always had like five jobs. I understand that. You know, you thought you, you know some eight, of us some of but, us worked in college and outside. But I'm just saying. So I got audited. Well, I made more money from my water business, as we know. Yeah, you you underground. Non- oh wow! <laughs> oh. Somebody's looking like they're going to get canceled. <laughs> I thought Some we canceled. Wrong, something's wrong with 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 underground entrepreneurship. I thought we canceled cancel culture. <clears throat> I can deploy it when I need it. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, let me let me shift gears real quick. So, yes, obviously, you know, we haven't figured out a system for preparing people for the more financial aspect of being in adulthood, right? Like, mm-hmm. but then there's the real question about relationships. And I'm oh, talking yeah. I'm talking about both friendships and intimate, you know, not like loving. Yeah, romantic marriage. partnerships, but also networks. Networking. Yes. So all of yeah. it, right? Social networks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so let's start with the the marriage thing. And before anybody gets a little hot-headed, this is not a personal story. I'm just I'm putting on the table a lot of the things that I've heard from people who have gotten about married. Me? <laughs> Oh my god! A lot of, you know? a lot of things I've heard about. <laughs> it's like I got a bone to pick with you. Hypothetically speaking, no, no, but, but yeah, but it's I'm always, you know, having I've been married what, uh, twenty nineteen, long time. Mm-hmm. We've been less than long, twenty years. We've been together at least twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. I mean, two thousand. Yeah, that makes right. Because we met in my my sophomore. My sophomore year. right around, yeah, 2001, because 9 11 and stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, but that was after I graduated college. So it was before 2001. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so we've been together almost 20 years, right? I knew I hadn't dated really anybody prior to my husband. And 
His name is Matt. I... Mm -hmm. But it's not like anyone said, okay, before you get married, here's what you should do, or here's how you prepare yourself, right? So you just sent out into the world. Yeah. You know, and you're sent out into parenthood as well. And it's like, you give birth in a hospital, and then you have this person, and they're like, okay, great, go home. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, what you have is expectations, right? So, right. you know, people expect you to get married. You know, people expect you to, you know, date people, people expect you to have friends. They expect you to have a child. They expect, they expect you to get a home, have a job. But what about providing you with the know-how so you can satisfy those expectations in a way that's Successfully. sustainable? Successfully. Successfully. Because yeah. getting married, that's not that. I mean, Anybody can do that. Well, I guess. But, uh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, was that personal? Yeah, I, I was about to say it too, but that, like, that felt personal. Is, is it that easy? Is it? <laughs> I mean, you um, could really, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> theoretically, theoretically <laughs> for most people, getting married isn't the most difficult part. That's there right? you go. That's not the hardest part. Having a successful marriage with somebody who you can be a long-term partner with is is important. Yeah. And there's all sorts of dimensions that you don't really understand until you've been in multiple relationships or a long relationship with someone. Like, for example, what you need in a relationship. Yeah. Before you've been in one, it's hard to know. Yeah. Right? Because you, you you're just making it up in your head. You're like, oh, I would love this or that. I and mean, look at dad, right? So mm -hmm. how many marriages and partnerships did it take for him to realize what he wanted? Why don't we talk about your friends? You keep bringing up my family numbers. You know, you, you know, you, you want to throw somebody under the bus? Throw one of your friends under the bus. I'm not throwing dad under the bus. I'm just saying dad has had a lot of time to research and work on his uh, relationship. relationship skills. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yeah. I think he's perfected being a parent after many years. No, he's a perfect father. I mean, he, he, you know. Um, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's definitely over gotten time, better over he's time. gotten better over time. He's definitely gotten better over time. I think he's gotten, you know, um, wiser and more patient. Um, and, and and that's not, again, I see people having children, you know, several of my friends are now starting to have children. Mm. And I wonder, whenever I see young, you know, people in my age group starting to have children, what prep work did they do before they made that decision? Did they say, okay, so these are the kinds of things that we need to know how to do. These are the kinds of problems we might have. Here's how we might handle these problems. Or did they just throw themselves into it? I'd love to have a kid. Let's have a kid. Yeah. And that's it. That's kind of how it, I feel like that's kind of how it happens in our society. And the people spend more time on the baby shower and, you know, the baby announcements than they do on the, okay, what is this going to mean for, our lives over the next five years. Mm -hmm. Like who's going to be the one to sacrifice themselves the most in order to mm. make this happen. Like those, those very blatant and transparent conversations, I don't think take place in relationships with parents. Like people don't sit down and say, all right, so are you willing to give up your life and your goals and you know mm -hmm. what I mean? To make sure that this child is successful and happy. Mm -hmm. You you never do that. It sort of eases into the picture, right? It starts off where it's like, I'll take maternity leave. Okay, they're not sleeping so great. So I'll I'll take more time off. And before you know it, 
you just it's an accumulation of decisions and at one point and at some point you end up in a whole different way of life than you ever anticipated right and, and that wasn't planned yeah i mean it but was, that's how it happened, I, and it, it feels like it's happened to you and then you start and then there's re feelings of resentment that right. arise right because it's like this is how not what i imagined <laughs> for my life i'm not necessarily happy here everyone feels like they're doing more than what they should be doing or the, you know um because they also oftentimes parents don't know what's what the other, the other person is, is bring right. is actually bringing to the table and what how taxing it might be for right. them right the mental baggage that they're carrying the the stressors at work that they're dealing with and then coming home to a what could potentially be a chaotic loud house you know whatever mm -hmm. the case may be but the dreams with, that they've had to sacrifice right. that they may but, never have mentioned but where is it in our culture? Where is it in our society where those conversations are easily and blatantly discussed? You know, like even among friends, mm -hmm. the things that how long it takes for people to be open and honest with each other about how bad they may be feeling as a parent or a friend or, you know, usually by the point that they're having that serious conversation, it's done. Yeah. It's more like, all right, so desperate. Or here's my list of grievances to account <laughs> to you why I have to get rid of you. Usually it, it, that's the that's when people get serious. It's like, and then the other person's like, oh, I'll change now. And it's like, eh, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing left here, you know. Um but where but where would we insert that in our in our world, like where would we insert that in how we educate people to be better people? You know, and I, I say this because we're in the process of talking about anti-racism around the country, right? We're in the process mm -hmm. of talking about how do you teach people to be anti-racist? How do you teach people to be better to their neighbors? How do you teach people to just be better prepared in life? Like, yeah. where is that supposed to happen? And also how to you know, manage their own psychological um, pathologies, right? Yes. Because often that's a huge problem where, you know, you're you're playing out scenarios that, you know, have to do with your you growing up, yeah. right? You know, a, a world that doesn't even exist anymore for you, you know, and so you're you're playing out certain patterns of behavior that maybe made sense then, but don't make sense now, or mm -hmm. you're experiencing experiencing people in certain ways that um, isn't really true to who they are. Well, right? that's a, that's and a so you're misperceiving people. And, and so managing your psychology is something that's important. People talk about therapy, but there, you know, there has to be, more, it, it has to be much more of an um, ingrained aspect of our culture, like you've been saying. And I think part of the problem is, look, in, in traditional societies, um, everything's pretty hierarchically structured. You know right. exactly what role you're going to play. Um, you know, and we talked, we had a conversation, I think about arranged marriages, right? Yes. So, you mm -hmm. know, you don't have a say in who you're going to marry, you know, the degree to which, um, friendship bonds, mm -hmm. uh, play a significant role in our lives is, is also relatively novel in certain kinds of ways. Right. Um, and so, or, or the degree to which, you know, we're career oriented and, and, and you're constantly having to shift careers or make major financial decisions on your own. You know, we, we're a very individualistic culture. 
that requires individuals to take on a lot of responsibilities, but we haven't provided individuals with the kind of cultural resources necessary for them to manage um, those lives. And, and then people suffer from incredible anxiety and depression. Because they feel very lonely in yeah. in their own minds on, here's what I want, here's what I'm thinking, but I don't, I I don't know how to express that in a way that's not going to perhaps hurt the other person mm -hmm. or that's not going to disappoint these people or, you know, there's all these, these things that we haven't quite figured out. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not an anthropologist and anthrop anthropologist, excuse mm -hmm. me. And I, I haven't researched enough different societies, but I am wondering, were there societies in our past, you know, were the Aztecs better at, working through community building, mm. you know, in this kind of way where it's like, here's your role, here's how you connect in with others, but here's also how you take care of yourself. Like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a very interesting question. I mean, like, like I said, I think there might be a degree to which um, there's less definition, mm -hmm. rigid definition uh, in our lives. Right. Um you're not just born into a particular caste or, or born into, you know, a certain um, role, you know, that's already predetermined for you. It's right. kind of open-ended. And because of its open-ended character, um, there's so much more burdens that each individual has to bear. Uh, and so the, the, it might just be evolutionarily, like, you know, sort of, we, we, we adopt this more open-ended society or, mm -hmm. or system um, but we haven't complemented that with the kind of uh, cultural training and socialization right. that might be right. necessary for people to be able to bear those burdens um, successfully. Maybe, maybe it's and school. Know, it, maybe maybe it school is, is, is a place, not right. necessarily the, the traditional classroom, but but because of the capitalistic society in which we live in, it's so hard for schools for to teach in that communal way, yeah. you know, it's such a, it's such a mentality of like, you have to be better than that person, Competitive. you know? Yeah. Right. Like I think about, I, I still remember like lessons that we had learned in middle school about the Iroquois Indians. And I remember learning about their long houses. And I remember learning that they work together in communities, you know, and it was always about taking care of one another and each other. And so at a young age, you were learning how to be a contributing member of society, but also be successful, which was successful to the group as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't do that. No, I mean, what, what you know, we rely very heavily on competition, incentives, and threats of punishment as mechanisms for Success, the, the, yeah. The, the, the education of people's personality. Right. Right. Um, but that's not going to be sufficient because, okay, so I I know that if I'm able to figure out how to have a successful relationship with somebody I really love, that I'll be happy. Sure. The, the question is how? Right. <laughs> like, no. like everybody knows, like, yeah, sure. If I've made a lot of money, my life would be easier. If I had savings, you know, my life would be easier. If I had a uh, if I was able to buy and own a home, you know, that and 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 design and make it ha a, a beautiful place, I'd be happier. Sure. So we can know um, the value of certain end states, yeah. but 
The question is, how do you achieve those end states? I, I can know that having a wide social network that I can tap into is, is going to be very useful to me. How do you do it? Like if honestly, if I were the secretary of education, I'm not just saying that I should be, but, you know, if ever that had happened, I would absolutely restructure the elementary, middle and high school system. Like the mm -hmm. K through 12 system would be restructured to require communication skills. Mm -hmm. at a young age, because we we sort of teach it in kindergarten. You know, you mm -hmm. teach kids like you have to ask before you t say, you know, touch someone or you have to ask for a hug. Why aren't we still teaching that explicitly in fifth grade? Yeah. Why aren't we teaching that explicitly in high school, especially when teenagers with hormones out of control do not know proper methods for consent and communication. Like, why is that stuff not taught throughout? Home ec, that used to be an integral part of education in the U.S. school system. Now people don't know how to use a stove, you know, if, if your mm -hmm. parents aren't teaching you that. Or, or you know, um, uh, carpentry or, or, yes, you know, <laughs> mechanics, uh, what, what would they call it? You know, like, Electrical engineering of sorts, or, or or knowing how to fix a car, let's say. Oh yeah, right? mechanic. Uh, yeah, mechanics. Yeah, you know, like they don't teach. Uh, so all that kind of hands-on technical know-how that um, you need, either as a professional or just in, to get through your day-to-day -day, um, in managing a household, let's say, are things that we don't provide people with. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we overemphasize teaching people skills that are useful to get a career in the capitalist system. To get economy, into college. Right. Yeah. Or to get, but, but largely these are just intellectual skills. So they're great for people like me who want to spend their lives as intellectuals. But as you know, intellectuals tend to be people who are really bad at, at a managing lot of the technical day-to-day -day yeah. affairs of life. Mm -hmm. Right. And like that's why we kind of... That's why we kind of structure academia in the way that we do so that they don't have to manage those kinds of things. Um, but obviously, if you're training everyone in society in the way that you train people who are not um, technically competent in managing the day to day affairs of life, what are you producing? Right. Yeah. I, I think what I'm going to do is after we after we end this, I'll also pose out to the to the listening public. If you grew up in a home or if you grew up in, you know, outside of the country, outside of the U.S., and you feel like there's a really great method for how people are learning some of these necessary life skills, you know, like, yes, if you want to be in a relationship that lasts, who was teaching you how to do that? Yeah. You know, our grandparents were married for till they died. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. and they met when they were 15 and they actually seemed happy, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they're not the relationship where you see people who were like stayed married forever because there was no choice. They were like pinching each other's butts for for like and giggling who, and laughing. Who is that that crazy woman who sometimes is on Oprah and is always yelling that Ayanla fix my life? Stop I, it. I, no, what's her name? Ayanla. Ayanla? Yeah. That? Yeah. Ayanla fix my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so She's she was crazy. talking to, um, this mother and son and, you know, the mother was complaining about the son excessively. And then Ayanla asked the mother was like, 
well, you're complaining about him. You're saying he's, he, he doesn't do A, B, or C, and he does X, Y, and Z. You don't like that. Oh, yes. Um, and she was like, but have you, but did you train him to be otherwise? And the mother was mm-hmm. like, no. And it's like, mm-hmm. so that's, why a you- of, that's a huge part of the problem in our society. You know, you see people always attacking this or that group or individuals, you know, and, and saying, well, I don't like their patterns of behavior or their failures or you know, are their own fault. But the question is, what have we done to get them to the place where they could be living different lives, that they could be um, displaying different patterns of behavior? Why would you expect them to be um, living differently if you didn't raise them to be different, right? No, it's it's absolutely true. You should always match expectations with education, right? No, no, you're absolutely right because I've caught myself getting annoyed at the kids not doing certain things that I would expect them to do, but I've never taught them how to do them. And I've also haven't made it a, you know, a constant in their lives. You haven't habituated. Right. It's not like every day I expect you to do A, B, and C. It, It would be the random day where I was just flustered and frustrated and tired. And I'm like, why didn't anybody do this? And then I catch myself and I'm like, you know what? because I've never required it of them. So I can't be angry until I make it very clear that this now has to be part of our norm. This now is a skill that I want you to learn. And this now is something that I want you to do. It may not be inherent to you, but I will work with you on it. So I think you're very right. Like we have to teach what we expect from others. And like you said, it's it's not just um, announcing the norm, right? Yeah. Because that's always a very asymmetric uh, approach, which is to say, this is the norm. This is what I want you to do. And the burden is entirely on you on how to figure out how to reconfigure <laughs> yourself so that you live in accordance with that norm. Yeah. And that's when you know parents are yelling at kids because it's like, well, you know the norm is X and you're not doing it. Uh, right? Yeah. But the question is, well, what have you done as a parent to figure out how you can best sort of shape your child into the person who does live in accordance with those norms, right? Right. So are you just, modeling? Are, you, are modeling? you modeling behavior? So don't just yell at your child, say, save more money. Yeah. Have you ever taught them how to save money? Right? Well, there's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very true. It's very true. You can't. Or, or yelling, people. you know, in society, you have, you know, politicians get a job. Okay. Like how? People how to get a job. Like, where do I even start? Right. How do I fill out the paperwork to get the job? Like, who do I call? No, you're, you're absolutely right. We have we have a society filled with a plethora of expectations and a, and a, and and a, a limited amount of education. education and training for mm-hmm. those expectations that we set forth. So I'm I'm actively trying to be different no offense to our parents at all but i'm trying to be different in how i go forward because i don't want my kids to feel at all unprepared for the world that's coming to them when it comes to finances when it comes to relationships when it comes to future goals and expectations travel all of that Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I can provide them the education to be better at those things, then that's my goal. So, and and one last point, you know, one of the central virtues um, of being an educator is patience, 
right? Yes. The, the yes. whole point about being an educator is that you're trying to bring the person from where they are, a state of ignorance, to a state of knowledge, right? Or a state of, you know, um, suboptimal behavior to a state of, you know, optimal behavior, which means that they don't yet possess that skill. They don't yet possess that knowledge. So right. if you don't have patience, you're going to, you're basically operating as if they already do possess that knowledge and skills, in which case you're contradicting yourself. You don't need to educate people who already know what to do and know what they need to know. So right. patience is absolutely essential to educating people. And I think that needs to be part of how we interact with each other generally. Um, like I, I know, for example, you know, on the internet these days, there's always mm -hmm. these memes about get rid of the toxic people, get rid of the toxic people. Yeah. I, well, it must be, everybody must not be toxic, right? Because mm -hmm. it's always the other people who are toxic. It's never the person who the message is directed at. But it's also... But why are toxic. they toxic? But why are they exactly. toxic? Why are they toxic? And also, what are you doing possibly to be to, to instigate know? that? Exactly. No, listen, we are all a damaged people. <laughs> there is there's not a single one of us walking this earth who has not been tainted, damaged, or you know, altered in some way by our past. So it's a matter of every day, how do we work on being better? and changing that changing the norm of what was our lives right uh -huh. so if you if you know that you had issues with former teachers or former you know your your parents or whatever the case may be you have the knowledge so now you have the power to work on changing it yeah and, and that's and, it and and you also have to understand that there's not going to be some dramatic leap like tomorrow i will become a successful person no. you know it took it, who you are is the product of thousands of hours or days of conditioning, you know, so it's going to take the same kind of reconditioning to alter patterns of behavior and thinking that don't get you where you want to be. It's like doing a research paper, mm -hmm. right? So if you, if you want to write a research paper, you have to dig into some historical, you have to reach out to former writers. You have to reach out to the source. So mm -hmm. if you want to change who you are, you know what? You have to go back to the source of what it is that made you who you are. If you want to figure out how to change things, you got to go back if you want to move forward. And I think the last four plus years, we've, as a country, we've learned a lot. So my, my biggest hope and my biggest desire is to see that we work on our education system at, a, at at the baseline so that we can really start making some active changes in what the future of our population looks like. You Absolutely. Know, because Absolutely. that's that's the only way that we're going to get any better. And that means we have to change the entire scope of how we educate, how we teach and what we teach. And, and so, how we communicate, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, like we said, it has ramifications at the micro level and at the macro level for the individual and for, for the, our political life. Mm -hmm. That was a great conversation, Jake. All right. You have a good day. Don't you have a good day? <laughs> you know what? Just, this is, it's this just is another I mean, thing for me. You know, I just communication. Okay. Next and... Thank you for joining me. So you coming up this week? Um, if you'll have me. Of course. It's dad's birthday. All right. Um, All right. Just give me a heads up when you're going to throw me out so I can plan accordingly.
Always do. At oh. least four hours notice. Yeah, at least four hours notice. Because <laughs> I'm working on my communication skills. Yeah, tell me we're going, we're, going, we're going to pick up some, some uh, food. And, and have you been going into the train station? <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you to our host, Clovercrest Media Group. Kev from BK for our visual arts and the fire intro song Filthy by TVP Records. Podcast system.